0: The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The October 25th edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of October 25th, 2023. Women in Business. Why We Matter. SJC celebrates 150th anniversary on Halloween. Volleyball is almost there. Plus, choice excerpts from the sheriff's log. Be sure to check out this week's print edition for special women in business sections that are island-specific for each separate newspaper. This, from the island's sounder, Women in Business, Why We Matter, by Diane Craig Why, after more than 25 years, do we still publish Women in Business, a -a once-a-year special section that celebrates businesswomen of the San Juan Islands? After all, don't we live in a time when women have careers, own their own businesses, and run multi-million-dollar corporations? So why do we devote a special section after all these years? Let me offer at least one reason. It wasn't always this way. There was a time in the not-too-distant past when women had far fewer rights than they do now. Far fewer. For example, in America in the 1970s, married women, when referred to in print, never had first names. It was... Mrs. John Smith or Mrs. William Jones. Banks had the right to refuse you a line of credit without your husband's signature. If you were lucky enough to get a professional job, getting pregnant could result in termination. Airline attendants, stewardesses, were exclusively young, attractive, single women required to maintain a designated weight and stay single or risk losing their job. Not that long ago, women did not report the TV news. Few were admitted into law school, medical school, or the military. Mailmen, firemen, and policemen were all off-limits. The idea of a woman owning her own business and competing with men in a man's world was not particularly encouraged. In fact, some thought the idea laughable. Against this backdrop of patriarchal regulations, fueled by a rising feminist movement evidenced by the formation of the National Organization of Women, Miss Magazine, and a growing wave of feminist literature and spokespeople, American women began to demand equality. The Equal Rights Amendment, first introduced in 1923 and finally passed by Congress in 1972 to guarantee the constitutional rights of all, regardless of one's sex, went to the states for ratification. That same year, Title IX prohibited federally funded educational institutions from discriminating against students based on sex opening viable school sports to young girls. As recently as 2009, the issue of equal pay for equal work was addressed when President Obama signed the Lilly Ledbetter Fair Pay Act that restored protection against pay discrimination. Even today, American women still make 77 cents for every dollar a man earns. The goal of economic parity remains a challenge, and focusing on increasing the number of women owned businesses in our state and the country is a powerful tool toward achieving that goal. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 402,000 women owned businesses were recorded in 1972. 46 years later, That number increased 31 times over, with a total of 12.3 million businesses owned by women. Washington accounts for 209,400 of those in 2018. Yet, even with such growth, in 2016 women received just over 2% of investor and venture capital funding, and women-led businesses comprised only 4.9% of VC deals. Why do we continue to publish Women in Business? Clearly, much more work remains. Moreover, if we're not diligent, we will lose the ground we've gained. Authors note, It has been a long, disappointing, and frustrating five years since this was written. In June 2022, the Supreme Court overruled Roe in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, stating that the substantive right to abortion was not deeply rooted in this nation's history or tradition, nor considered a right. As a result, 12 states are currently enforcing a near-total ban on abortion, with very limited exceptions. In some states, Florida, for example, medical staff is moving out of state because of both the ambiguity of some enforcement rulings and the impact a misunderstanding could have on their medical practice and license. And in a few states, hospitals with prenatal care and birthing capabilities are shuttering, forcing many women to have to drive for hours for pregnancy medical care. And while the pay gap hasn't fared much better for women in general, there does seem to be an improvement for younger women. According to the PEW Research Center, in 2022, women ages 25 to 34 earned an average of $0.92 for every dollar a man in the same age group earned, an $0.08 gap. By comparison, the gender pay gap among female workers of all ages that year was 18 cents, and reliable child care remains a steep financial burden for many families. Instead of celebrating increased positive strides on the status of American women in 2023, the sands continue to shift, and ground continues to be lost. Clearly, the fight continues. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, SJC Celebrates 150th Anniversary on Halloween by Isabel Ashley Halloween isn't the only event happening at the end of this month. San Juan County, established on October 31, 1873, turns 150 years old. The anniversary will be celebrated with pop up events that kick off this Halloween and will continue through October 2024, and will be inclusive of the entire county, not just San Juan Island. The county is framing this milestone through an organizational lens, recognizing that the geographical space of San Juan County and the Coast Salish tribes that have stewarded this space have been here since time immemorial. We're really trying to make sure we honor them in our celebrations and acknowledge what contributions they have made to the county's formation, said Aaron Wygant, communications coordinator of San Juan County. The theme of the anniversary is 150 years of service, and the county will be taking a retrospective look at what it has accomplished in the last 150 years— Teaming up with the journal, they plan to publish a monthly history spotlight on different departments within the county, sharing fun facts such as the first marriage license and how the auditor's office came to be, and making the county's history more accessible to the public. In addition, the county is asking community members and different organizations to contribute to a shared photo album online by uploading photos related to the county's history. They have already reached out to different history museums, the San Juan Island Theater and the Journal, for memorable moments of the county's past. Later, they hope to incorporate the photos into community art projects or murals. Residents can participate by uploading their photos on the Engage San Juan webpage, which can be found online at sanjuanjournal.com. Your history is a part of the county's history, too, said Weigand. The Engage San Juan page will also have information on the pop-up events, photos from past events, and help the community stay up-to-date on the festivities. The first pop-up celebrations will occur at the Trunk or Treat event on Lopez, the Halloween Festival on Orcas, and at the Courthouse on San Juan Island for Haunted Courthouse Tours. The tours will be open to the public on October 31st, 3 to 5 p.m., and participants can collect commemorative stickers, sweet treats, and learn the history and chilling stories of the ghosts that roam the courthouse's halls. The county expects to hold different pop-up events throughout the year, such as on the 4th of July and at the county fair. Looking towards the next 150 years, The county is most notably focusing on how they can improve the lives of the islanders. This idea is reflected by the county's initiative made at the beginning of this month to impose a 32-hour work week for county employees. Among the many reasons for this shift, it was a top priority to support the well-being of these islanders to enable them as a strong workforce to serve the community. We are in a unique position where the workforce is the community, said Weigand. I enjoy working for the county because I am working in support of my friends and neighbors, and it feels extra special to be part of this milestone in county history. Take part in this milestone as well by staying in the loop on the county celebrations and visiting the Engage San Juan page at Engage. San Juan County dot Gov slash one hundred fiftieth. From the Islands Weekly Volleyball is Almost There by Gene Helfman. The young Lopez volleyball team approached the end of the season with wins against Lummi and Cedar Park. On October seventeenth, the Lobos hosted Fellowship Christian with their ten win, two loss record. The different histories predicted a lopsided contest, but the Lobos opened the first game with a 5-1 to lead and led 9-6 to later. After tying things up at 9 apiece, the Eagles went on a 7-point run and pulled away, the game ending 25-13. to The second game was played closer, the early score Fellowship 12, Lopez 10, before Fellowship took over, the game ending again 25-13. The third game was entirely different and was played evenly, the lead changing throughout, and was tied at 18 apiece. The Eagles again surged on excellent serving, the game ending 25-19. to Lopez shone at the net through all three games, with stellar play by Betty Burt, Amelia Patino, and Danny Arnott, and successful serving by Ruby Sousman and Maya Briggs. After the match, Coach Carrie Warner complimented the team on their level of play, especially in the third game, which was indicative of what they could do. She emphasized that when they have it, it looks really beautiful. They're almost there. They have all the talent and need to put it all together and find that dance on the court. And now, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On October 11th, on Orcas, a deputy was called out from home after a dispute about violating dog park rules became very heated. The deputy contacted the involved parties, de-escalated the situation, and informed the park manager of the incident. Some of those park people can feel very strongly about those rules. On October 12th, Lopez deputies and EMS responded when an individual accidentally locked themselves in a public restroom. An EMT dismantled the door and rescued the trapped individual. On October 13th, officers were dispatched to an aircraft accident south of the East Sound Airport. There were no injuries reported, and the airplane was removed from the field without incident the Federal Aeronautics Administration and National Transportation Safety Board were contacted. On San Juan, a deputy responded to a vehicle parked and blocking the entrance to a private driveway off a public roadway. When the deputy made contact with the single occupant of the vehicle, the person was uncooperative and combative. The occupant was taken into custody for obstructing a law enforcement officer and was booked into jail. On San Juan, a deputy was dispatched to a disturbance on the ferry. The deputy arrived and contacted the crew and learned that two people in a vehicle were acting erratic. When the deputy made contact with the couple, one person was detained for investigation of a DUI. The Island Digest would like to just remind everyone that getting intoxicated on the ferry is a violation of the law. A San Juan deputy was booking an individual for a DUI when the individual's boyfriend threatened the deputy's life. The boyfriend was located in a public restroom and arrested for felony harassment. A large bag containing several substances was located and entered into evidence. On October 14th, a deputy on Orcas was dispatched to a report of a possible drunk driver. The driver was located and arrested for DUI. On October 15th, a deputy on Orcas responded to a theft complaint. A property owner claimed a building contractor quit and took some materials with him. The contractor claimed he had not been paid for his work or the materials. The deputy determined the case to be a civil issue. Which I think is fancy terminology for, you all need to grow up and figure it out. On October 17th, San Juan deputies responded to a report of vandalism in progress. Upon arrival, they found a Friday Harbor resident smashing a ten-pound sledgehammer into a vehicle, doing significant damage. The person was arrested and booked into jail for first-degree malicious mischief, pending a hearing with the judge. And this is the Island Digest's moment to remind everyone to be please, patient, and kind with each other, in this our ever-cooling and darkening time of year. And this concludes the October 25th edition of the Island Digest. This edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. Orcas Center is your place for fun and intrigue this fall, with live concerts, performances, art openings, and more. To check out upcoming events and purchase tickets, visit www.orcuscenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. And be sure to check out each island's individual edition for the local Women in Business sections. Thanks again for listening, and come back again next week for more local news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers.